Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Thursday, January 11th. Happy Learn Your Name in Morse Code Day. When y'all were in elementary school, did you ever wrap some wire around a nail a bunch of times and hook it to a battery and make electromagnet? You didn't? Well, don't go do it now. We got stuff to do. Anyway, back in the 1830s, Samuel Morse and Alfred Vail were playing around with electromagnets, making this little hunk of metal jump up and down. And Sam says, you know, I got 38 miles of this wire. I bet if we strung it up from here in DC, we could make that scrap of metal jump all the way down in Baltimore. Al says, bet we could. But number one, what are you doing with 38 miles of wire? And B, why would you want to? Sam says, well, they had a BOGO deal at Publix and to instantly communicate over long distance. So they do it and it works. And then Sam makes up this dot dash alphabet, which he names after himself. And when he finally sits down to test drive this rig, he realizes he just invented text messaging. Filled with shame, his first text is, what hath God wrought? Now at the time, this was a big deal. Less so now, and except for SOS, nobody even knows Morse code anymore. But remember my theory about how it seems like the B system is making another play to take over before God says it's okay to, like it did with Nero and Hitler? Well, maybe it's once again time for the church to look into some alternative forms of communication, like under Nero and Hitler, cause the B system loves stamping out any ideas that ain't its religion. Like all them Twitter purges and CNN versus Joe Rogan and the North Korean gulags. One day soon, even my janky little podcast might get banned for saying that Jesus and not Dr. Fauci is Lord. But doing this whole podcast in Morse code kind of sounds like too much work. Our reading for today is Genesis 24, 52 through 26, 16, Matthew 8, 18 through 34, Psalm 10, 1 through 15, and Proverbs 3, 7 and 8. So if y'all are ready, honestly though, if they are keeping a list of folks who refuse to worship the B system, how about going and put my name at the top? But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 10th in the Old Testament, we read Genesis 23, 1 through 24, 51, and it starts out, and Sarah was 107 and 20 years old, and Sarah died in Kirjath Arba, the same as Hebron in the land of Canaan. So Kirjath Arba, which means the city of Arba, or the city of four, or the fourth city, it's about 19 miles south of Jerusalem in the West Bank. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And I bet he did. She was a good woman and they'd been through a lot together. And Sarah is the only woman in scripture whose age, death, and burial are mentioned, probably to honor the mother of the Hebrew people, but I still say there was something supernatural about her that we're just not told. And God had not yet given the land of Canaan over to the Jews yet, because technically there aren't any Jews, except for Abe and Isaac. Which means even though Abe and his crew were sojourning in what would be Israel, it wasn't yet. So he goes to the sons of Heth who ran this place and says, I am a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me possession of a burying place with you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And according to Genesis 10:15, Heth is the second son of Canaan, the son of Ham, the son of Noah. He's the ancestor of the Hittites and the second of the 12 Canaanite nations that descended from him and who lived near Hebron. And the sons of Heth are like, whatever you want, Abe. So he says, y'all entreat for me to Ephron, not Zac Ephron, Ephron, the son of Zohar. <laughs> 
and tell him to sell me the cave of Machpelah at the end of that field he's got there. And there's some confusion over what happens next. Either Ephron is a good guy and tells Abe he can have the cave and the whole field for free, but Abe insists on paying for it. Or Ephron refused to sell just the cave, but says Abe has to buy the field with it if he wants it, probably to avoid Hittite property taxes, according to one dude. Either way, Abe pays 400 shekels and gets the field and the cave, and this is apparently overpriced, but how would I know? So in this cave was buried not only Sarah, but later on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their wives, Rebekah and Leah. And it's still there today. The Muslims built a mosque over the top of it. So in chapter 4, we have basically a biblical rom-com, and it's about time we had a nice story. It starts out, Abraham was old and well-stricken in age, and I hear you. So he calls his eldest servant, which is probably Eleazar, but he's not named in this story, and says, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and he made him swear an oath. And depending on who you talk to, this is literal, meaning he sat on his hand, which was a sign of submission to authority. Or, this is a polite way of saying, he put his hand under his loins, which is still submission to authority, but the oath has more to do with Abe's posterity, and it's way grosser. I'd have just said, let's shake on it, but I ain't Jewish. I guess if somebody made me do that, I'd probably be more likely to follow through, but still. And what Abraham wants him to do is not let Isaac marry a Canaanite woman, but go to his homeland, specifically to his brother Nahor's place, and get a wife for Isaac from there. So the servant says, what if she won't come? And Abe says, well, don't make her, but don't worry about that because God's the one who called this family out of there in the first place. And his hand is all in this and it'll work out. And the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. So this unnamed servant gets to Nahor about 450 miles away-ish and starts to water his camels at this well they got there. And it's evening time, about the time when all the women come out to draw water. So he figures, now's the time, because conveniently, all the women are about to parade right by him. Either that, or he just wants to get done and get back. But he wants to pick the right one. So he says a really specific prayer, that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast shewed kindness unto my master. Because watering ten camels is a lot of work. And that would be a nice, hard-working girl with a servant's heart. And before he could even finish speaking, here come Rebecca, Nahor's granddaughter, second cousin to Isaac, with a pitcher on her shoulder. And darned if she don't meet every one of the servant's criteria right there on the spot. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight, and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. And earring could mean a jewel for the forehead. But whatever, this was expensive jewelry. Gold weighing a half a shekel is about a fifth of an ounce, and two gold bracelets weighing ten shekels is about four ounces. If the bracelets were ten shekels each, we're talking about half a pound of gold. And he asks her who her family is, and she tells him, and he invites himself back to her place to stay the night. Then he falls down and starts worshiping the Lord for leading him to this girl. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And I imagine this freaks that girl out a little bit. And she runs back home and gets her brother Laban. And he's like, where'd you get all that jewelry? And she's like, you ain't gonna believe this. And tells him what just happened. 
So Laban goes out to investigate. And I'm sure Nahor's whole family knew who Abraham was and all about his calling. So when some stranger shows up claiming to be from Abe's house with expensive gifts for his teenage sister, Laban didn't just kill him right there. He invited him back instead. So they sit down to eat, and the servant lays out the whole story to the family and says, And now, if ye will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. And then Laban and Bethuel, the father, answered and said, This thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. And they don't know what to think about giving their daughter over to this guy. But that's as far as we read. So we got a cliffhanger. (laughs) Sarah is a type of Mary. They both birthed a nation. Both were chosen by God and empowered by God to conceive, seed, and bring forth a son. They are living testaments that nothing is impossible for God. Isaac means laughter, and there are two ways to laugh. We can laugh in bitterness and in joy. Abraham and Sarah passed from bitter unbelief when God put faith in their mouths by changing their names, resulting in the joy of hope given substance, also known as faith. Isaac's wife was not to be taken from the surrounding people. And look at Abraham's faith now, his confidence in God. He was also aware that the woman had a choice in the matter, but he knows his God. We see here Abraham is now past staggering in unbelief. And in the New Testament, we read Matthew 8, 1 through 17. And Jesus is done preaching and comes down from the mountain with that whole giant crowd. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. If it's your will, he says, there's faith. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way. Shew thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. It's not time for Jesus to publicly announce himself as the Messiah the King yet, cause within a few days of that they crucify him. But that has to happen on a particular day. So he's trying to keep it all quiet for now. He says, just go to the temple and follow the rules for sacrifice. Then they go down to Capernaum, which is on the Sea of Galilee, which is pretty much where they were anyway. And there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him about his servant, who's sick at home with the palsy, grievously tormented. So Jesus is like, well, let's get after it. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go when he goeth, and to another come and he cometh, and to my servant do this and he doeth it. So Jesus turns around to his followers and says, this guy right here, this is how y'all supposed to be. And he makes a point to say people from every corner of the earth are going to have faith and sit at the table with Abraham. But the very people who belong to the kingdom of the Jews will reject me and be cast out. And Jesus said to the centurion, go thy way. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Then they go to Peter's house, whose mother-in-law was sick with a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she just bounced up out of that bed and ministered to him. So by the time evening rolled around, word had spread, and every afflicted person in town was lined up at the door for healing, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, Matthew points out. But that's as far as we read. Authority. The centurion gets it. 
He recognized this in Jesus because the Lord's words were productive. It reminds me of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19, where the Lord says he didn't let Samuel's words fall to the ground. They were productive. Samuel wasn't perfect, but he walked in the authority of God's word. And this is before the cross. So this is what authority looks like, effective. And we've been given authority in Christ. I believe that's why we will have to answer for our idle words. Filling our heart with God's word changes our tongue. His word, knowing him is key to walking in his authority in the earth. We serve the king. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth as in heaven. And in Psalms, we read Psalm 9, 13 through 20. And David's begging for mercy because of all them people that are after him. And mostly he praises God for his judgment and expresses his faith that the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. David wholehearted in his prayer, in his praise, and in spite of his difficulties, he resolves to be glad, rejoice, and sing. He's also been known to dance for joy, too. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 3, 1 through 6. And Solomon's adding a twist to what he's been telling his son. In addition to wisdom, my son, forget not my law. But let thine heart keep my commandments, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee, and never lose hold of mercy and truth. Ultimately, what you do is, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, because your own understanding will let you down. Instead, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So, bind mercy and truth around our neck like a yoke and write them on our hearts so we don't forget who we are. And in order for us to pull this off, we must trust the Lord with all our heart. And this one's tricky. Don't lean on our own understanding. I mean, sometimes we don't even realize what we lean on until it moves. Instead of relying on our own understanding, we are to make it a point to own, avow, admit to be true that God is God in all not some, all our ways, so that he can direct them. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for January 11th is Genesis 24:52 through 26:16. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things, and they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning, and he said, Send me away unto my master. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at the least ten. After that she shall go. And he said unto them, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away, that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. And they sent away Rebekah their sister and her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. And Rebekah arose and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels, and followed the man. And the servant took Rebekah and went his way. And Isaac came from the way of the well Lahiroi, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. 
For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Chapter 25 Then again Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And she bare him Zimran, and Jokshan, and Medan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shua. And Jokshan begat Sheba and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Ashurim, and Latushim, and Laumim, and the sons of Midian, Ephah, and Ephor, and Hanok, and Abida, and Eldah. All these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. But unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son, while he yet lived, eastward unto the east country. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, an hundred, threescore, and fifteen years. Then Abraham gave up the ghost, and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, which is before Mamre, the field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth. There was Abraham buried, and Sarah his wife. And it came to pass, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt by the well Lahiroi. Now these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's handmaid, bare unto Abraham. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael, by their names according to their generations. The firstborn of Ishmael, Nebajoth, and Kedar, and Adbiel, and Mibsam, and Mishma, and Duma, and Masa, Hadar, and Tima, Jetur, Naphish, and Kedema. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their towns and by their castles, twelve princes according to their nations. And these are the years of the life of Ishmael, an hundred and thirty and seven years. And he gave up the ghost and died, and was gathered unto his people. And they dwelt from Havilah unto Shur, that is before Egypt, as thou goest toward Assyria. And he died in the presence of all his brethren. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac was forty years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister to Laban the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all over like an hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he sware unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. 
and he did eat and drink, and rose up, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Chapter 26 And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him, and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And the men of the place asked him of his wife, and he said, She is my sister. For he feared to say, She is my wife, lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech king of the Philistines looked out at a window, and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah his wife. And Abimelech called Isaac, and said, Behold, of a surety she is thy wife. And how saidst thou, She is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, Lest I die for her. And Abimelech said, What is this thou hast done unto us? One of the people might lightly have leaned with thy wife, and thou shouldest have brought guiltiness upon us. And Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He that toucheth this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land, and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great, and went forward, and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks, and possession of herds, and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them, and filled them with earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. Our reading in the New Testament for January 11th is Matthew 8, 18-34. Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him, and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose, and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he was come to the other side, in the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them, and heard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea, and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city, and told everything, and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, 
and when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. Our reading in Psalms for January 11th is Psalm 10, 1-15. Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire, and blesseth the covetous, whom the Lord abhorreth. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. He hath said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He doth catch the poor when he draweth him into his net. He croucheth and humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. He hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up thine hand. Forget not the humble. Wherefore doth the wicked contemn God? He hath said in his heart, Thou wilt not require it. Thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite, to requite it with thy hand. The poor committeth himself unto thee. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. Break thou the arm of the wicked and the evil man. Seek out his wickedness till thou find none. And our reading in Proverbs for January 11th is Proverbs 3, 7 and 8. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. And that'll do it for the 11th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on not caring what the world thinks because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, we know we are not to be discouraged by what the world thinks or says about us, or be deterred from doing your work. Such a cowardly spirit is not from you, Lord, for Christ's servants are fortified against reproaches and persecutions for his sake, and are strengthened to resist Satan's temptations. Having such a spirit, fired by such love, we are not intimidated by the adversary, for the gospel spirit shows itself in reason and sobriety. May we forever exhibit these fruits of the spirit in the working of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawning I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody that's listening and let this podcast be some kind of help to them. Amen. You can look for us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, what I really need you to do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. If you got any prayer requests, email them to me at BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just don't make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 19. No, we didn't. We didn't. Nope. <laughs>